Hi, I'm Simon Devereaux, Director of Global Talent Development at Framestore, and welcome back to the Framestore podcast. On Monday's episode, we engaged Matt Hughes, Global Head of Modelling, in our 13-question grilling, otherwise known as the Framestore podcast daily. On today's episode, we continue with our management and leadership-flavoured conversation, where our guest co-host, leadership coach Debbie Coleman, takes control of the discussion and interviews Matt on the craft of managing people. So, without further delay, we hope you enjoy episode 10, part 2 of the Framestore podcast. Welcome back to the podcast, the second instalment of our management and leadership special with Matt Hughes, Global Head of Modelling at Framestore. This is where we hand over to this week's guest co-host, leadership coach and mentor, Debbie Coleman, who will continue the interview where we left off on Monday. So Debbie, over to you. Oh, thanks, Simon. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here uh, and a pleasure to continue our conversation, Matt. So we ran through the, the Framestore dailies questions. Um, so in this episode, I'd love to get into a bit more detail about leadership. Um, I know that you're, uh, as Simon said, when he asked, who can I have on the pod in terms of leadership? You were the first person that Amy thought of. Uh, so it'd be great to talk with you um, about that. When we were talking earlier, you've mentioned how shots you know bfx shots go through an evolution um i'm interested in your evolution as a leader at framestore and how you've developed your leadership skills over time um what what can you tell me about that yeah I th- it's interesting because no one really I've, I've met anyway is sort of shown how to how to do it there's not like a point a point b for all of this you know exact formula so for me, it's, I think you just slowly but surely as an artist, you're taking on more responsibility um, and you're building confidence in your ability to deliver those tasks. So you're starting as a junior or mid, you work way up to a senior. This is all very sort of standard. And as you progress, the assets you're given are more complex. They're, they're trickier to get through. They require more interaction with different people. So naturally, you're having to talk to more people, take on more ownership of the asset. And then at a certain point, you find yourself maybe leading on the asset itself. In, in modeling, that's sort of quite common to be, you know, I'm looking after this character or this creature, and I'm working with this, with, um, you know, a texture and look dev team. I'm looking after the modeling part. What do you guys need from me? I'm going to deliver what you want. And then there's a back and forth. Then you have the sort of conversations, you know, these sort of daily conversations of the notes you're addressing and you're trying to address those notes whilst juggling the things you're dealing, you're giving to other people. So, you know, I mean, if you're doing that on your own, the next sort of evolution is you're leading a show and it may be a small show to start with. But then you're juggling things that you're doing plus helping the guys in your team at the same time. And I think that's the sort of foundation of then you figure out, do you like doing it? Do you like, you know, that extra responsibility? That's the the, the point at which you, you say, oh, is it for me? Is it not for me? And a lot of the time in terms of leadership is about communication, about listening, about helping um, and trying to get things to come together. It becomes less about you and the asset that you're working on. So in effect, if you really love just working on the best asset and doing 
having all that time for yourself, then leadership is not something you're going to have time to do both, basically. Something will have to give. So you find yourself then in a situation where you can do so much, and then the name of the game is to get the team across the line to help deliver the assets. And, and that is a lot of inter- interaction with production, different teams, and, and working with them. So I feel like, for me anyway, it's been like an evolution. You're kind of building up, and it's like every show that goes by, you're getting a bit more experience, a bit more knowledge, and it keeps adding up and adding up over time until you can feel more confident about taking on bigger bigger projects. And um, some instances you take on like an, an animated feature, you know, you're looking after the whole thing asset-wise, you know, with the art department. And, and, and that, you don't just jump into that. <laughs> it builds in, a, in an organic way. Yeah. So I can hear quite a lot there about, yeah, that having time, having time to grow. As, so as you gain more experience, you grow, you take on more responsibility and, and see if it suits you, you know, if it's what you want to be doing. Yeah. I think that's an important thing. I think sometimes people have a sort of, they want to go into that area, they want to lead a team and they want to, you know, may, may have a pre-misconception of it as well, what it's about. And I, th- I think sometimes just don't rush into something, you know, sort of feel your way into it, you know, before just going, and it sounds bizarre, but getting the title sometimes, um, it can, if you, if you think you're not, if you push too early and you, and you get that title and get that responsibility, you're going to get the responsibility which comes with potentially a lot of a lot of extra things to handle. It's you know be prepared to do that if you're gonna if you really want to do it. Don't do it to just for the sake of doing it then just to get that, you know, that title. You know, feel like feel your way into it. And if you feel like yeah, that's what I want to do, then you know, try and go for it. But don't go too soon is my my thing. So I love that idea of feel your way into it and your you know that's a great tip to share matt from your experience you know don't go too soon you said that you think there can be misconceptions about what that you know next step up or that title what it really involves what do you think are those common misconceptions what should people be aware of before they move into a supervision role for example well i think one misconception is i've only seen it not really seen it but i I've kind of not experienced it myself, but one of the things I've seen then is this idea that if I become this person or this this role, I mean, I I'm basically like the, the boss. Then you know, like as in the old school, I'm the boss. Everyone's going to do what I say. You know, it's all on me. And I think it's a kind of old attitude in a way that you've got this role, but you're closing the doors rather than opening them. You're kind of going right. I, I'm going to do this, this, and this. And you're going to do that. You're going to do that. And there's no conversation. It's just kind of dictated. I think if that kind of leadership is the one that doesn't go so well. Because I think it, you know, it kind of alienates the artists, alienates the team, and people are like, oh, I don't like this. You know, I think it's more just keeping up your mind open, door open, discussing with the team, and also discussing with the team potentially. Hey, you, you know, I'm, I'm new to leading. We're on the show together. What kind of things do you like to do? You know, asking those questions as well. Because then you can sort of steer the work towards um, their interests. You know, it's, it's a, it is a tricky balancing act. You, you have to keep people happy and motivated. Um, but at the same time, there's a kind of hard edge to the business, which is, you know, we need to get this done by next week. Uh, and that is really hard to, 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 to navigate. So sometimes you have to be uh, like 
on this show, we just got to dig in and get this thing through. And it's not perfect in terms of how, how we get there. And other times you have got a bit more freedom to let people do what we need to do, have a bit more time. Yeah, and I recognise what you say about that balance, trying to balance your team's you know preferences, you know, what's going to really motivate them, what's going to excite them with, you know, the business needs, the show needs, you know, getting the projects done. I love what you said, Matt, about, you know, when you move into that role, it's about having the doors open, you know, um, not, not I'm the boss, <laughs> do what I say. Um, but in fact, approaching it as a kind of collaborative uh, event, I guess. And so how do you motivate, how do you keep your team motivated when it is one of those shows that, sorry, guys, I know this isn't what you love doing. I know we haven't got much time. Um, I just need heads down. I just need us to get through it. How do you motivate your people? I mean, it's tricky. It's like, um, is it Sisyphus who pushes the rock up the hill and he gets back to the bottom and there's another rock waiting for him and he has to do it again. I mean, some shows, it's a bit like that, right? You think, oh my God, I've just got to do this again. I've got to do another set of notes on this. I think you have to be honest and have a sense of humour about all this as well. You have to have a, a bit of fun with it and be honest with it, with um, expectations, what we can do in the time frame, and try and keep things, uh, in a sense, lighthearted. And, and on those bad days, when things have come back and we've you know lots of changes from the client and you just gotta you gotta kind of write okay pick ourselves up you know just just chat about it let people sound off about it to you so you, your role at that point is to listen to them you know having a, a vent about something or really not happy about this and listen to them and see if you can help them that way and then also then if people are feeling pressured about that then we need to go and talk, talk to production and things and see if we can ease this this moment of stress to get through it. I think it's about at that point in these in these t- in a tough time. Let's just say we're working on something, we put a lot of effort in. It's come back with a ton of changes we have to do by a given date. I think at that point you need to let the crew have a little kind of sound off at you, talk through, talk through it like you know like a problem, and not and not kind of um, pretend it's not there. Yeah, so I can really hear the sort of human side of it. You know, listening to people being a bit light-hearted, being honest. Um, yeah, I mean, at some point, it's, you know, and at some point, you, you know, you have to remember, at some point, you are going to just sort of deliver whatever you've got there, you know, whatever the changes are, you know, the, it, it will it will end. It's the nature of the beast, I think. Um, changes come uh, as thick and fast uh, this industry. We can't plan for it, as we mentioned earlier. These things just happen and they can throw us off course. As, as a captain of the ship, you've got to try and keep on course and somehow keep the keep the crew you know motivated as much as you can and i i think that's just listening and talking to the crew yeah absolutely um and i think there's some level of acceptance isn't there that this is the nature of the beast this is this is the way it will be and navigating through those choppy waters really yeah i think we've found on certain there were certain shows, we, you know, certain clients, we know when the changes are going to come. We go into a pattern, we know, you know, we kind of know the routine a little bit. So we, we kind of, you know, we can learn from that. We can expect it. You can tell, I think, if you're on a show, it's very difficult, actually. If you're leading on, leading on a show, you're in the trenches with the team. So you're experiencing that, that side of things. If you're like a horde or a supervisor, sometimes you can be away from that interaction with the show. And I think it's important to try and keep that interaction with the show by talking to the people, but also physically go in the box and try and help out, which I've done in the past on many shows. Where I'll just come in as a number and help out if I can. 
it's a particularly hard thing that you know we've got no time to do also trying to use your um the team around you to say okay look we've got a problem here we need to bring in some extra resources on the show to, to help guide it through so sometimes it's about telling production uh, you know you need more people not less people on the show so that's the only way it's going to work is to actually have a bit more resource for like six weeks as a, you know to get through it uh, so, so it's just not just a i think there's a also a you're, you know, you, the information is only coming one way, but as a lead, you're there to protect the team, to make sure the team deliver and everyone's happy, obviously. But also you can push back a little bit and say to production, no, actually, we're all finding it quite a struggle. We need, need you to help out. What can we do to help? Can we push these tasks longer? Can we rearrange things to make it work for us? So don't just think it's a one-way street. I think, you know, I think we've got a position where you can say, actually, I think we need to do something slightly differently to make it work. And that comes back to that point we were talking about in the last episode about being part of a team and being part of a, you know, being part of a company, you know, remembering it's not all on you. Yeah, 100%. I think, you know, you have to send that flare up if you need it. And don't, and just, I think there's a, if I don't know the answer to something, I'm going to be the first one to ask, how do I do this? to, to, To another team member or a different department. How do I do that? How do I, you know? Okay, thanks for your time. And somebody will show you the time and give you the time and show you how to do it. But don't think you're, you know, you can't, don't think you can't send that distress flare up if you need it. There's lots of people who will just come and help. I think that's really important because ultimately you want to get the project delivered, you know, best possible quality in the time you have. So if you're sitting there silently panicking that you don't know what you're doing or you don't know how to do it or you're stuck, um, that's not helping anyone. No. So I think actually, yeah, knowing when to put your hand up and say, you know, can I have a bit of assistance here, a bit of input? I think that's really valuable, actually. It's, it's become harder, I think, with the hybrid working in the sense, I think if you're a seasoned senior, tens of years of experience, you're probably more autonomous and happy to be like just doing your thing and delivering your work. I think if you're coming in new, it's much trickier because traditionally you're always sat, you've always been sat amongst people of various and levels of expertise and you can just turn to your left and say hey how would i do this and someone say oh try this this and this now online remote i think it it, it back and slow that process down i feel you, you suddenly have to do a g chat wait for someone to get back to you or you have to book in a meeting wait for that meeting to happen so is it i think if you're in the office on days uh with the seniors and uh, the the leads are in through a junior or a mid try and be in those days because chances are any questions you have will be answered like really quickly and I think you know will benefit you yeah I think that's such a good point I think everyone's everyone's still trying to adjust aren't they to this hybrid working um and I think yeah particularly it's the more junior artists who are maybe uh, you know suffering as a consequence of not being surrounded by experts they can learn from um, so I think that's a really important tip. If you can be in on the same day as your supervisor or lead, you're going to get your, you're going to learn more quickly. You're going to get your questions answered more quickly as well. Yeah, I think um, so. I find um, when I'm coaching, one, you know, I'm noticing repeat themes in when I coach VFX professionals, and there's quite a lot of frustration compared to a couple of years ago. And then I might say, well, what would you have done in the office? And I'll say, well, I would have asked so-and-so. It's like, okay, so that's what you need to do. You might not be in the mm-hmm. office, but you need to reach out to that person. They're like, oh, yeah. 
just because I can't turn to them, I can still contact them. It just takes a bit more thought, a bit more sort of deliberate, um, deliberate intent. Yeah, I mean, uh, for me, it was a few months ago, Rin and somebody was talking about something. Uh, and uh, it's just a sort of conversation happened on the shop on, on, the, on the office floor, you know, which used to happen all the time. And uh, I just found out something I, hadn't, I, hadn't, I didn't know about some package, some bit of software. Uh, and I wouldn't have got got my information about being on that uh, in that in the studio at the time. So you know, there's, there's some benefit. It's, it's, it's benefits us both ways. It's really great hybrid. You can you can w- work your week around um, to be a bit of a home, a bit in the office. But if you definitely if you want to interact with people uh, and get to know people, it's a really great way. You just come in, you know, two days a week and be with the team, be with that, you know. And, for, and as a lead, I think lead artists, I think like like having the team around them. Just you know, they can you know get that feeling of what's going on together, figuring things out. Yeah. Okay. Um, Matt, I'd be I was be really interested to ask you. I have my own thoughts on this or my own experiences on this. But when either from your own experience or when you've seen team members progress and take on more responsibility, what are the common pitfalls? So what are the sort of most common mistakes you see people make when they first take on more responsibility? It's almost the same at every level in a way. The more responsibility you get, the same pitfalls still are still there. I think it's even the same. It's the same if you're at any level. It's the same traps are set for us. And I think they are what we just spoke about in a sense. Not you know, Reach out if you're stuck. Reach out if you're in trouble. Reach out if you think, oh, my God, I, I'm really stumped on this and I'm, and I'm worried about it. You're not an island. You're not. You know. You're not. You know. You are. You are surrounded by people, so you must resort. Use that resource, and also don't be a yes person. You know. Don't be a no person. I would just say no, no, no to everything. But <laughs> what, I, what I mean by that is, um, think about some whatever the person is asking you. Don't just blindly say yes. Think about what they're asking you. Don't. If you're not sure about what the answer is, if you can deliver that, for example. So I need to come back to you. I need to go away. I need to go and get some data on this and then come back to you with a correct answer. Otherwise, I'm just, you know, putting my finger in the air and seeing which way the wind blows, making it completely wrong. And I think people will respect you more for saying, I need to come back to you. I need a, bit, I need a day to come get the data, figure out what, it, what the problem is, and I can come back to you if we can do this, this, or this in, in the time you're asking me. Take that time to, to to come back to people. Don't feel like you have to say yes straight away, or, or go yeah blindly. Yeah, we can definitely do that. You know, there's a sense of wanting to please people, and I think you have to just the best way to please people is to give them correct information. Yeah, I think that's brilliant, and I think that really comes back. I feel like there's a repeat theme here around leadership about balance. So balancing the different needs, you know, balancing the needs of your individual artists with the show delivery balancing requests coming in and wanting to please you know whether it's your supervisor or the client with what's possible with the team I have in the time I have yeah um so yeah I think that's beautifully put Matt to say uh leave it with me and I'll come back to you you know because there's there's, you're still instilling confidence you're still on top of it you don't necessarily have that information to hand you're going to go find out and come back and then it's an informed um uh you can have an informed response, an informed conversation, can't you? Exactly, and I think that's that's a better way of getting to the answer. And I think the other thing we all need to work on, everybody in in the kind of in the business we're in, is 
more precision in our communication. And that's something all of us have to always trying to work on is to have to be more precise about how we give a brief and how we deliver information. And I think that's a constant thing I sort of struggle with is trying to be more concise, more accurate of what I'm telling you is going on or what I think we should be doing and trying to give yourself the time to get that communication, you know, think about what you're going to say in, in, that, um, in that meeting, in that daily session. Because I think that, that, that kind of trickles down, you know, about bad decisions uh, in terms of someone gives you a brief or you give a brief, but you haven't briefed it quite right. You, you've missed out something or the information you've given. Because we're talking about really subtle things sometimes. I mean, you might, and especially with hybrid working, I mean, two days later, you're talking about the result of that brief and you go, oh, damn, it's not the artist's fault. It's actually the brief. <laughs> I find is the thing that I could really throw people. So I think all of us to be really sort of think about our, the brief reset, you know, be more, more precision is required, I think, sometimes. Yeah, I think that's brilliant. I, I mean, to my mind, that's about efficiency. And, you know, I think in VFX, we're always being encouraged to think about pipeline efficiency, tool efficiency, um, you know, putting together our scripts in, a, in the most efficient way, thinking of render time. But actually, efficient communication, effective communication is probably going to be the biggest time saver. Um, yeah, I think that's brilliant. I think that's, uh, you know, this is a people business we're in. I know people say it's a technology business because we use a lot of technology. But actually, I think it's a people business, all about the people and the artists. So, you know, if you took all the people out of Frame Store, you'd have a, you'd have a pipeline and some computers there. <laughs> but actually, the, the people are Frame Store, or the people are the company. And we're not machines. We don't work in a kind of binary way. You know, we, we're human beings, so we need to communicate with each other in a way that makes sense. Um, so that's why we all need to be better at communicating and, and focus on our communication skills. Um, especially as you progress with more uh, responsibility. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, yeah, I agree one hundred percent. A, it's a people business, absolutely, and B, it's all about communication. I think so often any difficulties that I've sort of encountered in terms of artist performance, or it, it can be, it's usually around misunderstandings, or you know, do people even know quite what's expected of them when? Um, if not, how can they be expected to yeah. deliver? That's and a very thinking, good point. Yeah. yeah. And um, thinking about those common mistakes when people first take on more responsibility. The one that I uh, witnessed time and time again, and I still see uh, through coaching, is when you maybe first move into a supervisor role, you continue um, doing everything you know you can do so you continue being very hands-on taking on shots doing the doing the look dev uh doing the you know quick tool um development as but you're also meant to be you're actually meant to be supervising the team um and i think quite often people cling to what they know um cling to what they're good at uh and it it's having the confidence to, to allow yourself to move into this new role of responsibility um, because it's not possible to do two, effectively two jobs. If you're still doing your old job while you're trying to do your new job, you're trying to do too much. 
And I think people often discover that after a show or two. <laughs> They're like, wait a minute, I'm working around the clock here. And that's where the learning comes. But I think that learning could come more quickly. I, I, I agree. I think that's something I'm guilty of, as, 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 as other people are as well. You know, you, it's, yeah, it's, that's almost part of the, uh, I'm not saying it's correct, but I'm saying it's a natural thing you will do. You will think, I'm, I'm going to do my thing. I'm going to try and do this as well. But then I think you have to take a step back and think, where is my, where's the best use of my time? Where is, you know, what's more efficient use of my time? Is it, am I making more work for everybody else by trying to do two things at once? So, you know, that, that, that's a you know, sort of conversation to have with yourself really about, okay, really, you know, am I hindering or am I helping at that point? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Um, and also thinking about if you're moving up, you want to be furthering everyone around you as well. So if I'm taking on new responsibilities, how do the team below me need to take on new responsibilities, you know, so that we're all advancing in our careers as well. Exactly. That's, that's a very good point. As, as doors open for people, other doors open as well. So it's, it's almost like a, it's like yeah, a conveyor yeah, belt yeah, of moving people upwards. There's an element of giving people um, what I call freedom as well which is important as lead um it's giving them room to maneuver and and, and that room to in this you know we're on tight tight deadlines we're on tight time frames but we have to give people room to try things out i know the industry can be chaotic with client changes etc but i actually think within the team you have sort of structure but a little bit of chaos as in trying things we don't work try something else it's actually quite good as well because it it, it it kind of means you don't get stuck into old ways or you can progress or change change habits slightly something new might come out of a bit of someone trying something so somehow we have to try and find people at all levels are given some space to try things space yeah to make mistakes really or to try things out and to learn from from that i think it's really important matt i was going to ask you so when we were talking about precise communication um, I was thinking that I know that when I'm tired my ability to express myself verbally in a succinct way just goes out the window because my brain is just and I'm like my words are not coming properly and this is you know this is a challenge in our industry is how do you look after yourself so how do you look after your yourself your well-being in order to be a great head of department um, what do you do to, to sort of look after yourself? Uh, outside of work, I do nothing with computers at all. I, I, that's been my golden rule since day one. So for me, I have to have a complete change of scene and, and I'm not looking at a computer screen. So I'm either playing music, I'm with my family, you know, I go out for a run, I go and do something, I go for a walk. I have to be not be doing computer graphics. <laughs> I just I refuse. So any any um, time I want to learn new things, I have to do it in my working week. Uh, I don't want to do that on the weekends because I just feel like otherwise you're never getting a break from it. And I think to have a, have a break and do something else, actually it benefits you because if you look, let's just say you're trying to learn a piece of music as an example, and you're trying to learn this piece of music and you're focusing on that and it gets your brain working in a, in a different way. You're looking at a different problem, using different senses, uh, and, it, and it's kind of rewarding you in a different way. But when you switch back to something new, you come back a bit more fresh. 
and a bit more alert and, and a bit more maybe your vision is a bit more clear about what's going on i think if you're Sometimes it's that expression, you kind of, you can be in the middle of a forest and you can't see the trees for looking, you know? And I think that's the thing you need to just jump out of that forest for a bit, look at something else, do something else, and then come back in. You know, going to the pub is obviously a good thing to do every now and again and having a, yeah. blowing, as a, blowing a froth off a couple of your mates and kicking back. Obviously, that's something, you know, work hard, play hard. But I think just having other things you can get into. And most people are so creative, they're creative outside of work and inside of work. So you probably end up doing something art based or, you know, but maybe a different medium, not not necessarily, you know, looking at a computer screen and doing computer graphics. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And clearly it served you well. Uh, you know, we've been talking about your many, many years uh, in VFX. So uh, I think that's really great to share that. Um, absolutely. Yeah. I, I, it's, it's it's a marathon it's not a sprint right so you know it's like the same same thing you say to an artist on the show this show is, is up it's like a it's a eight month show you, you just got to keep timing it because you're going to be going all the way to the end and at, and at the end you, know, you get this fantastic result of finishing the work but then if you go too hard too soon you're just going to be in the middle of the show you're going to be completely worn out and you can be completely burnt out so that's one thing we have to try and in our careers as well is trying not to get burnt out by it and i think that's where you need to be doing something different just something take your mind off it and it does creep in you get this thing it happens as an artist and it definitely happens as you as you as you lead shows or you're a vfx supervisor or cg supervisor anybody with that responsibility you get this kind of mission creep where you're walking down the street on a saturday and pop into your head ah oh, i gotta think about this shot you know there's a problem and it's in it's in there and somehow I just, I just feel like I need to have two days away, you know, from that problem. I've got to go and do something else to keep myself occupied. Otherwise, it'll drive you mad. Uh, absolutely, and I think you saying it's a marathon, not a sprint, really sums it up really well. Um, and ensuring that you're doing something, and I think particularly with the hybrid working again, it's easier to just keep working <laughs> because you're not you're not noticing your colleagues get up and leave you know your colleagues aren't there to say hey you know should we go get something to eat should we go for a drink um so ensuring you've got some kind of best practice yourself um in terms of finishing for the day and doing something else to to switch off as well and reset your mind it's true because i used to use the commute time which is to have music on it was a great time to in the morning to kind of work it you know, kind of get the get your thoughts together as you come in and then when you're on the way home you, you know i've got, I've got to go home to get my train i was not going to get home so it kind of limits you in a sense how far you can push your day when you go about downtime, you know, just sort of decompressing uh, and kind of thinking about you know, the things in your day. So that's, even if you're working from home, I think you need those two two bits of time. So maybe in the morning, set yourself up with a drink, coffee in my case, and then get yourself ready for the day. And at the end of the day, come off and then maybe have a bit of time when you're doing something where you can just get those thoughts together, you know, note down what you need to pick up in the morning, but then just leave it there. Yeah, for me, I'm a huge fan for writing it down. So at the end of the day, just write down what I need to do tomorrow or direct, you know, what I mustn't forget. Because then once you've put it on paper, your brain doesn't need to be thinking, don't forget, don't forget, don't forget. <laughs> um, so yeah, write it down or voice note it if you're not a, you know, if you're not a writing person, um, but just get it out in some way. And then it's easier to relax as well. 
Simon, uh, I've been really enjoying my chat with Matt. Do you, is there anything you want to jump in? Uh... Such a good conversation. Yeah, I mean, that, I mean, what a great final question around, um, you know, switching off and keeping, you know, the classic self-care question, which I think is so important to bring that conversation to a close. I have so many questions I want to ask, Matt, but I don't want to steal any more of your time. I guess to, to wrap up the podcast, or at least this second episode, um, and what, what I'm getting from this conversation is just that sense of genuine authenticity, this idea of being an authentic leader rather than putting on that kind of I'm a leader head. You know, you talked about I'm the boss, so I have to behave in a certain way. You know, if we were to leave our listeners with anything, it would be, you know, what, what does authentic leadership mean to you? Respect and honesty. You respect your, your co-workers, the work they produce, and you're honest with them. Um, yourself as well about your work uh, you, you praise your work you, as we do as artists anyway we're always we're never happy that's part of our you know our curse in life we're always looking to make things better um but you know but be honest about when you're struggling when you're finding it tough and yeah those are the two things honesty and integrity amazing well, well matt and debbie thank you so much um, honestly this episode is everything that i hoped it would be honestly that was such a brilliant conversation i think we covered so much uh, across both of these episodes uh, and i really hope our our folks and perhaps other folks outside of frame store get a lot from this it's a really a really open and really important conversation to have uh, debbie thank you so much for being our our co-host matt for being our, our, our esteemed guest uh, is there anything else either of you would like to leave our our guests with anything you want to plug anything you want to shout about before we close the uh, close the episode out well i just think it's like bill and ted says be excellent to one another Love that, love that. That's a perfect place to leave it. Well, thank you both. And uh, hopefully we'll bump into each other in the near future. Take care. Thanks very much. All right. Thank you, Simon. Thank you, Matt. Well, that wraps up this week's episodes. Another great pairing, I'm sure you agree. It just leaves me to thank Matt for being an incredible guest and Debbie for being this week's most excellent guest co-host. Join us next time for another great conversation with another guest and co-host from our global Framestore community. See you next time.